Hello everybody and welcome to a brand new season of Adam and Simon Bullshit Busters. I'm Simon Batchelor. I'm Adam Bastock. And we are back with a whole new season dedicated to e-commerce. So this season we're going to be covering a whole range of topics and to get started we are going to kick off the new season with greenwashing. So, Adam, do you want to start us off by telling us all about what is greenwashing? Yeah, so yeah. I think this is one of the common ones that really a lot of businesses are quite scared of, um, especially e-commerce brands where you may be making claims on the um, kind of authenticity or the packaging of your product that you don't necessarily have full control over. And therefore, you as a brand can come under some pressure from consumers who might say, oh, why are you greenwashing? And typically... I think what we find is that this isn't this is more aimed at larger companies and small companies, and people do have a bit more patience with small businesses. But I think we'll, we'll come on to that later. But the main thing is what what is greenwashing? To actually answer the, the question that you asked me is it is in my mind is the the uh, intentional misleading of environmental claims. So getting something wrong, I don't think is greenwashing. I think that is just making a mistake. I think greenwashing is when there is a company who is doing something bad, they know it is bad, and they are misleading you by um, kind of doing something differently to that claim. I think a really mm. good example of this I saw was, uh, was a few months ago now, or years, I'm not sure, but it was a, a, a kind of a soap bottle or a soap dispenser that someone had put, oh, this is 50% plastic. And then some, some of their customers are then cut, uh, sorry, 50% paper. Some of the customers are then cut open the paper packaging, and in, just in the middle of it was just a bottle that was made of plastic. And it's like, well, wow. they're not wrong because, you know, it is 50% plastic and it is 50% paper because you've just wrapped a plastic thing and a load of paper. But that is greenwashing because you are literally, you are misleading as to what that means because you're saying it's 50% paper in this idea of, oh, it's a paper bottle, therefore it's really good for the environment, blah, blah, blah. But they, you're not really fully admitting the, the full nature of the fact that it's a plastic thing mm. that you're just wrapping in more material. So I think that's where it falls down quite a lot. Yeah, and another one I've seen is car companies who talk about their electric vehicles and put their electric vehicles at the forefront of what they do. So, for example, I'm going to pick on Mercedes because they're big enough to take it. Essentially, Mercedes talk a lot about their electric vehicles and how green their electric vehicles are. What they don't talk about is the fact that the largest selling vehicles for Mercedes most year are diesel cars and diesel vans. Yeah. So, actually... They can use their green credentials in terms of we've made our HQ green. I'm not saying Mercedes have said that, but that's a common one is people will say, oh, our HQ is going green. Why does this matter? And things like that. And you think, well, actually, yeah, that's great. But actually, if your headquarters is a tiny part of what you do, and yet your biggest product is making diesel vans, yeah. then actually it doesn't matter what you do with that. You're essentially using your green credentials to cover your dirty credentials. I think another example of that you maybe think of is a self-charging hybrid. And when you think mm. of that, those are normally contained. So what you've got there, my friend, is a petrol car. It is not a hybrid. Yes. It, is a, it is a petrol car that has an electric battery in it of which you are charging with petrol. So... It's these things where they get this intentional, intentional misleading mm. te terminology that 
they're not saying, oh, this is a petrol car. It's also got an electric battery in it and we're charging it via petrol. Um, and, you know, because of reasons, and I don't really know what those reasons are. Um, compared well, to the, there's nothing yeah. else for it. I so mean, if you had to choose a material to, to, to burn or to get to use to charge an electric car, petrol is very low down the list, yeah. probably one above wood. Yeah, or yeah. like coal or something like that. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's like it's, you've probably got wood, coal, petrol are the things you would want to use to charge your battery. So, yeah, unless you can plug in your hybrid, essentially you've got the worst of both worlds because you've got a terribly inefficient petrol engine dragging around a battery. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it uses way more fuel. I mean, yeah, I think that is a great example of... Uh, greenwashing. So I guess also what we've done here is sort of neatly explained why companies might want to do it. So if a company has a particularly deep, dirty secret they want to cover up, then making your HQ green is a great way of saying, oh, well, we are doing something, we are doing our bit. And on to the sort of average consumer, I guess, you know, the casual Google would yeah. find that you do have a green initiative. You are doing something green. And I guess it keeps the shareholders happy. It probably keeps some of the major stakeholders happy, um, probably makes the employees feel like they're doing something green. And I guess it sort of just tucks the problem out of the way for another few years so you can deal with something else is my perspective on why bigger brands do it. Um, I've not experienced many smaller brands, but your soap bottle example earlier was a really great example of of where um, where like a smaller business is really misleading people with a plastic wrapped in paper. I think they're still a fairly big business because I think they were based out in I think they were South Korea and I think they were one of the biggest um, mm, okay. cosmetic brands or one of the the child brands are one of the cosmetic biggest cosmetic brands in, in the country. So, and I think this is a really good point to bring it back to that e-commerce small business type audience really is that. I've not seen that much greenwashing come from small companies. Normally mm. it's maybe, it may be a misunderstanding, but I think that is very different to greenwashing because it might be that someone's put a claim up that they turn out it, it is wrong because they find out later that actually it wasn't plastic, it was potato starch or I don't know what it, mm. I can't think of an example. I should have come into this with more examples really, but here, we're here now. Um, <laughs> and, and I think it is that, in, it's not, it's not that, it's that intent. It's not that intentional misleading thing element with greenwashing and, just to flip it on the other side, I think what we actually see a lot more small businesses when I'm speaking to them is something called green hushing, which is a much more dangerous term, I think, in, in many ways, because it is companies being so scared of greenwashing that they basically say nothing at all. They hush themselves up and they yeah. don't actually say the things that you know, they're doing. So you might not on your website mention that you are using renewable energy. You might not say that you've actually cut out all the paper that you've um, out of all your delivery slips that you're sending out. You might not say that you're actually trying to source things more locally, but do you know what? You do still have to buy some stuff from China because you're running a business and that's where stuff comes from. It is this idea of lack of transparency that then goes too far the other direction. Yeah. And to solve greenwashing, the thing that you need to solve it with is generally just by telling the truth and being very transparent and honest. And that, that includes admitting the things that you are doing badly. That is where I think to take that car example of a self-charging electric car, if with that example, they Toyota clearly said this car is a hybrid and by hybrid, we mean the battery is being charged with petrol power. And that was the thing they led with. That would be avoiding a lot of greenwashing, but instead mm -hmm. they've developed this new term called self-charging hybrid, which no one ever really thinks about what self-charging means. You just think, oh, it must be doing it from the brakes or from 
some other magical source, but it's not because it's not an electric vehicle and that's not how it's been built. So it's just that, it's that clarity of transparency really does solve a lot of the issues here and just being honest. And I think, especially for small businesses, you're in a really good position here where custom, your customers are going to be quite loyal to you and your mm. customers are going to, frankly, accept a bit more shit from you because they're going to understand that you are a small business and you don't have the money to really try and fix the supply chain of whoever you're buying this brand from. So I think the one piece of advice I'd try and give in terms of how do you solve this is really just just be honest, be transparent and admit your mistakes mm. and not even mistakes, but admit your, your kind of challenges. And I think yeah. that if you can't get certain packaging because it's too expensive, just say it say that on the product page and be like, sorry, we looked into, you know, paper packaging for this product, but we found that it increased damage rates by 25% and therefore we can't afford to do it. Fine. That's not greenwashing. That's just being honest and transparent and educational. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people who just, there's this perception that you have to be a hundred percent renewable or a hundred percent recyclable yeah. before you would then put a statement on your website. But I agree that the better thing to do is to say, well, actually, here is our environmental policy. Here is the areas that we've worked on and are in progress. Even you can say you're in progress, you know, it, you know, so for example, we've stopped printing delivery slips because nobody needs them and they just go straight in the bin. Yeah. Brilliant. Easy win. So that's a great one. The next one may be, well, we're in the process of changing our supplier of boxes. So we're now buying recycled paper boxes as opposed to virgin wood paper boxes yeah and but the thing is we had ten thousand of them in the warehouse so that's in progress because we're still using up some old stock and then you might say however we buy this particular bolt that goes in the middle of my product and the only place i can get it from is this one supplier and as you say blah 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 there's not it's not perfect so yeah. therefore you're being open and transparent and for a big business people might look at it and go well do you know what you can try harder on that bit that isn't working. But as you correctly say, Adam, for a small business, most people are going to be like, well, do you know what? You've got 90% of it right. And to be honest, as a small business, if you can say, well, actually 80%, 70%, 60% of my business is renewable, recyclable, exactly where I want it to be, that is more than most big businesses in the world. Exactly. I mean, most big businesses are going to take the next 10 years to get to 20%, let alone 50%. And I think the real benefit there is that small businesses can move so quickly. And I think we'll probably do more on this later, but it, uh, the reason why a big business can't, you know, get those bolts made somewhere more locally is because they've got very complex supply chains that are beyond probably most people's comprehension in terms of all the things that are going into that bolt and, uh, the requirements and the legal stuff and all that stuff that's, that's mm. they're tied up in in a way that a small business doesn't have and you can go do you know what we are going to ditch this supplier we're going to go to a different supplier that does have more sustainable credentials you can make that decision in a matter of minutes and, and typically can make make that change in a matter of maybe hours if not so if not quicker if you really want to you know if you want to fire up ebay and find a different supplier you can do mm. in a way that a business a larger business can't so this is really I think it's, it's one of those things where people often see this greenwashing, green hushing thing as a bit of a weakness, where really it's a strength because you can much more quickly address it and fix it in a way that larger businesses can't. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one last point uh, that I wanted to make was this. Sometimes I've heard companies say, well, I don't necessarily want to declare all my green credentials yeah. because then my competitors will copy me or my competitors will then try and outmaneuver me. And... 
I think that there is an element of that thing of like, well, if I say I'm doing this and then my competitor says they're doing it, but they're not really doing it, what can I do about it? That's a good question. I mean, I think there's two parts to that. Is one, if, if, they, if they copy you and they also do things that mean that they get to net zero quicker or they reduce their emissions down more, then great. You've now just helped been part of the, the climate crisis solution and you've helped do that. Yeah, great. Of course. I think any anything that is against that puts you in a climate delay camp, and I think that you're then very close to a climate denialism camp in, in my mind. And yeah. there's not really any excuse for that. So if that's your concern, then m kind of move on with it and just get people moving and, and, and help and help be help drive your your competitor to net zero. Great. Yeah. The second half of that, of, of, kind of around the, the claims, and what if they they're copying what you're saying but not copy what you're doing, which I think is a very different element. Um, I, I say wait six months and then report them to the Green Claims Code because I think this is quite a teethy bit of legislation that's coming out, I think in February, I'm not sure exactly, from the Competition Authority, mm. which is basically them saying, we're, we're really bored of all this bullshit, um, st stop it, we're going to come for greenwashing companies in a big way. And it, it, looking through it, I mean, I, I read the, the first kind of half of the, the thing and it, it basically summarises as just tell the truth and be transparent. A lot of it is if there's nothing particularly complicated or in certain industries, there might be some specific legal requirements in there, but the broad brush thing is like, just stop, stop it. Stop trying to mislead people. And I think there's, there's going to be quite a lot of legislation around that to support it and to report businesses who people are, think are doing it so they can investigate and do that accordingly. So I think once that comes out, we'll actually see quite a quick retreat away from this and, and companies will be put mm. in their place fairly rapidly. Um, yeah. I mean, I think sort of, you know, <clears throat> first and foremost, if you're, if you're doing something positive and then someone else tries to mislead their customers to say they're also doing something positive, probably the first thing to do is just start to talk about how people can understand whether that's really happening yeah. to sort of demonstrate how you're doing it. Because if the other company can't demonstrate it, that it's very quickly going to fall flat and they may retract the claim because they can't demonstrate it. So again, it goes back to our previous point of being transparent about, well, actually, yes, this bit is really good, but actually this bit is work in progress for us. Mm -hmm. So if the other companies start to make that tiny 1% claim of being really good, you can start to talk about how, well, actually the other bit that everyone else is doing still needs work, but this is how we're working on it. Yeah. So you can always play it to an advantage. It's just a case of who is the most transparent about where they get their, you know, materials, services, supply chain. And I think the sooner you embrace that and the sooner you join the movement of companies that are declaring their green credentials and are putting out an environmental policy, the better, really. Exactly. And I think there's nothing to be lost from being a bit honest and being a bit humble about it and say, well, here's what the things we're doing really well. Here's what we're not doing so well, because that will build trust in your customers and I mean, I don't want to kind of go on about it too much, but there's plenty of reports out there that, that state that and that mention mm. this. So I, I wouldn't worry too much around that. You know, this is a defined, truthful thing that the more mm. honest you are, the more transparent you are, the more trust your customers have and the more it leads to business. There's so many stats around that. So yeah, just do it. Mm. So Adam, where can people find out more about uh, greenwashing slash making an environmental policy to avoid greenwashing? Yes. So I think the first thing is a uh, small nice nine. We do have a how to write a sustainability policy course. Um, I use the term policy inappropriately. I think it needs to be page or something like that. It's not that formal. 
but that really is a two hour course that guides you through how to write it and, and, and structures it and gives you feedback on it. That's the main thing. I think also I'd have a look at, if you Google green hushing as well, I've got an article that explains that in a bit more detail. And finally, just the green claims code. I think I would Google mm. that as well and have a look at it. Excellent. And we will put links to all three of those in the description or the show notes. So do check those out wherever you're listening or watching uh, to learn more about those. So if you have uh, suddenly realized that you need to write a green policy, then do uh, go and check out Adam's resource on that. It's really good. If you know someone else who's running a business, who's running an e-commerce business, who's also thinking about this, then we really love it if you could hit that share button and send them this episode. Um, We'd love you to help us spread the word. Do remember, if you're listening on a podcast app, to hit the follow button. If you're watching on YouTube, then do hit that subscribe button so you don't miss the rest of this series. Thank you very much for listening and watching, and we'll see you next time. Bye. See you soon. Just drop the job. I'm a Simon's bullshit busters.